Welcome to Harmonia. I'm Angela Mariani, and this hour we're exploring the boundaries between this life and beyond. We'll hear musical laments that pass beyond the veil from the Codex Las Huelgas, as well as a musical homage by Josquin Dupre and death's depiction in the keyboard music of Johann Jakob Froberger. Plus, we'll follow Percival on his quest for the Holy Grail, travel along Celtic crossroads, and hear a 13th century service for St. Martin of Tours. Join us. Let's take a quick look back in time. We spun the wheel and it landed on the year 1612. In June, Hans Leo Hassler succumbed to tuberculosis. Before his untimely death, Hassler had served as chamber organist and then chapel master to the Elector Christian II of Saxony. Hassler's musical talent had earned him prior positions in the city of Nuremberg and the court of Rudolf II. Like many German musicians of his day, Hassler sought musical training in Italy. His studies took him to Venice, where he found himself steeped in the music of the Venetian school, a musical style characterized by sonorous multiple choirs and sensitivity to resonant space. While in Venice, Hassler became friends with a young Giovanni Gabrielli. Both studied under Giovanni's uncle Andrea, an internationally renowned organist and composer. The two also undertook a joint composition for Georg Gruber, a Nuremberg merchant who also lived in Venice. Giovanni Gabrielli's musical career had flourished within the city of Venice. Following in his uncle's footsteps, he took up the position of principal composer at St. Mark's Basilica after 1586. The year before, Giovanni had taken over Claudia Marullo's position as principal organist. Gabrielli's high-profile gig at St. Mark's Basilica made his name known throughout all of Europe, and composers from other countries, particularly Germany, flocked to Venice in order to study with him. As a result, Gabrielli's musical style greatly influenced the music of North Germany, including the compositions of Heinrich Schütz and Johann Sebastian Bach. This influence was felt years after Giovanni's death. Oddly enough, Giovanni Gabrielli passed away the same year as Hassler. After slowly relinquishing his musical duties at St. Mark's Basilica and the Church of St. Roch, he died of complications from a kidney stone. Over in England, in 1612, Robert Dowlin, son of esteemed lutenist and composer John Dowlin, was appointed court musician for King James I. Robert Dowlin is somewhat shadowed by his father, whose smash-hit Lacrime Pavan became the basis for over a hundred different arrangements. Nevertheless, Robert was himself a highly accomplished musician. His anthology, A Musical Banquet, was the first of its kind to include songs in English, French, Italian, and Spanish. It was published when Robert was only 19 years old. Also in England, witch trials were being held in 1612. The infamous Pendle witch trials are some of the best documented court proceedings in the 17th century. Twelve people in the area of Pendle Hill in Lancashire were charged with the supernatural murder of ten others. The majority of them were hanged. 
Ironically, a number of the accused did consider themselves witches. In rural areas, it was not uncommon for each village to have its resident witch, a person with great knowledge of the healing properties of herbs, a specialist in commonly occurring diseases, and someone who regularly served as a midwife. This has been a glimpse back in time to the year 1612. I'm Angela Mariani. You can find more about the people, events, and music from this era online in our blog section, along with early music t-shirts, totes, and books in our gift store. Find it all at harmoniaearlymusic.org. On this edition of Harmonia, we're exploring music that lets slip this mortal coil, music that extends beyond this life into the next. In the Middle Ages, the planctus was a popular musical genre intended for mourning. Surviving examples of this monophonic genre exist in Latin, Occitan, and Catalan. Plancta from the early 14th century Codex Las Huelgas, such as Quis Dabit, often commemorate the life and death of nobility or other notable persons. In this case, the Planctus was written in honor of Alfonso VIII of Castile, who reigned from 1158 until his death in 1214. Nearly 200 years later, Jasquin Dupré set a lament for a fellow composer and cherished music teacher. Josquin's deploration on the death of Johannes Achigam takes its text from an elegy written by poet Jean Molinet. In Molinet's elegy, composers such as Pierre de la Rue, Antoine Brumel, Loise Compère, and Josquin himself are urged to, quote, don the clothes of mourning and honor their departed musical compatriot. Here's the Planctus and the Josquin de Pré.
We heard the Planctus Quis Dabit Capiti Meo Aquam from the Codex Las Huelgas, performed by Theatre of Voices. Following that, the Orlando Consort performed Josquin de Pre's Lament on the Death of Johannes Ockeghem. Even without words, music is able to express our innermost emotions, extending beyond this life into the next. The Tombeau on the Death of Monsieur Blanchet, composed by 17th century keyboardist Johann Jakob Froberger, is proof of this. In the Tombeau, Froberger immortalizes the lutenist Blanchet's fatal tumble down a flight of stairs with a long descending scale. Be sure to listen for it.
We heard Johann Jakob Froberger's Tombeau for Monsieur Blanche Rocher, performed by Les Filles de Saint-Colomb. Hundreds of archived episodes, playlists, and podcasts can be found online at harmoniaearlymusic.org. One legend that explores the boundaries of this life and the powers beyond is Percival and his quest for the Holy Grail. Some versions of the story says the Grail was a cup used to collect Jesus Christ's blood as he died on the cross. Others say the Grail grants eternal life. Back in 1999, we retold the Percival legend on an episode of Harmonia featuring music of French-Canadian ensemble La Nef from their recording Percival, The Quest for the Grail. In this excerpt, Percival's desire to become a knight had led him far from home to the court of King Arthur. In the next section of La Nef's retelling of Percival's story, the young knight has reached King Arthur's court. Arthur's enemy, the Red Knight, has just stolen Queen Guinevere's golden goblet, spilled it on her, and left, a great insult. Percival, to prove himself, sets off to challenge the Red Knight. On the way, a young maiden and a fool predict that Percival will become a valiant and famous knight. Percival defeats the Red Knight and puts on his armor. Et tant et tout que tout 
Music by the ensemble La Nef from their recording Percival, The Quest for the Grail. 
You're listening to Harmonia, a program of early music that comes to you from the studios of WFIU at Indiana University. Partial support for Harmonia comes from Penco Incorporated of Bedford, Indiana. Partial support also comes from Early Music America, celebrating 25 years of service to the field of early music, on the web at earlymusic.org. I'm Angela Mariani. We're exploring the veil between this life and beyond through music this hour on Harmonia. The maid freed from the gallows, also called the prickly bush, is a centuries-old English folk ballad with alternate versions from countries like Finland, Sweden, and Germany. Its lyrics describe the fear of a maid at the gallows. The maid waits for the arrival of someone who will rescue her from her plight. Most of those who pass by don't care to offer the hangman a bribe for the maid's life, but in our version, rescue finally arrives with the maid's true love. See you. 
Matthew White and the Sky Consort performed an arrangement of the English ballad known as The Maid Freed from the Gallows, or The Prickly Bush. Another folk ballad takes its text from a Welsh manuscript called the Black Book of Carmarthen. Its 12th century text transmits a dialogue between Isgolan, a man dressed all in black, and an unnamed other, who in some other versions is his mother. Isgolan, possibly a cleric or bishop, recounts his crimes against God, including the burning of a church and the killing of cattle, as well as his punishment and pains received from sea worms.
Altramar performed Isgolan, a pairing of a medieval text from the Black Book of Carmarthen, with the tune of a Breton folk ballad from the recording Crossroads of the Celts. You can become a fan of Harmonia Early Music on Facebook or follow our updates all week long on Twitter. Just search for Harmonia. The ensemble Diabolus in Musica is named for the musical interval called a tritone, which medieval musicians called the devil in music. Under the direction of singer and musicologist Antoine Gerber, the ensemble dedicates itself to the interpretation of plain chant and polyphony from the 12th to 15th centuries. Since 1992, Diabolus in Musica has performed at festivals throughout France and North America and put forth a trove of award-winning CDs. Our featured recording by Diabolus in Musica is built around the reconstruction of music for the solemn office of St. Martin of Tours. This might be how music in his honor would have been sung at the Basilica of St. Martin of Tours in the 13th century.
From our featured release, Historia Sancti Martini, Diabolus in Musica, directed by Antoine Gerber, performed the Rondellus Salve Stella, the Invitatio Martinus Ecce Migrat, and the hymn Te Deum Laudamus. Interested in expanding your own early music collection? Each week, we review recordings new and old on the Harmonia Early Music Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or at harmoniaearlymusic.org. Support for Harmonia is made possible in part by the Crystal DeHaan Family Foundation, serving organizations in central Indiana and recognizing the children and families of Crystal House International. Additional resources come from the William and Gail Cook Music Library at the Indiana University Jacobs School of Music. The writer for this edition of Harmonia is Laura Osterlin. Thanks to our studio engineer Mike Pashkash and our staff, David Wood, John Bailey, Anna Pranger, and Luann Johnson. Additional technical support comes from KOHM at Texas Tech University in Lubbock, Texas. Harmonia is a production of WFIU and part of the educational mission of Indiana University. Carrie Boyce is our executive producer, and I'm Angela Mariani, inviting you to join us again for the next edition of Harmonia. Harmonia.